What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. Wow, I've got such an awesome guest for you today. This week, I'm talking to Sean Stevenson from The Model Health Show. If you're not familiar with The Model Health Show, it is a massive podcast, very regularly ranked number one in iTunes Health and Wellness, and he gets like over a million downloads a month. It's really incredible. Now, I was lucky enough to meet Sean at an event in the Philippines earlier this year, and when I heard him speak to the crowd of entrepreneurs about health and wellness, I just knew I had to have him on the show. He's got such an accessible but yet scientific, but yet really relatable way to talk about these complex health topics in ways that are really actionable for people. And I think as an example of somebody that's really spreading health and wellness in a large way to the world, I think Sean is just like such a good person to look up to in that regard. So I'm delighted to have him on the show. We totally ran out of time talking about all the things I wanted to talk about. So we're focusing mainly on how he created his podcast and his amazing platform, how he does promotion and social media, the secrets that really that he believes are what really helped him go from just a total newbie podcaster with just like a couple hundred listeners to this massive player in the health and wellness space online. And of course, we're going to talk about some sleep and some jet lag and a few other things too. But uh, I think you'll really enjoy this interview. And also, I highly recommend you go over and check out Sean's podcast, The Model Health Show. It's really great. So without waiting any longer, let's get into this interview with Sean Stevenson. I think you're really going to like it. Hi, Sean. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Sean, we met in the Philippines a couple of months ago, and I was just asking you before we started recording about jet lag. And I would love to start with that, actually, because I'm currently in the States and and listeners will know I normally live in Hong Kong. And I have to admit, I'm dragging a little bit. So (laughs) you said you didn't really struggle. So I'd love to just hear, like, what are just a couple of the things that you did so that you didn't get so brutally jet lagged after that trip? Sure, sure. So, you know, on the way, and it was just a few days there, you know, maybe it was six, six, seven days there, and then needing to turn around and come all the way back home. And I live in the Midwest. And so we're talking about maybe 14 hours of travel. And getting there, you know, I just lined up things, even the flights that I picked, lining up things so that I can go to bed on time in a way, like the time that I would normally go to bed here, I'm going to go to bed there. But the travel portion, I had to make sure that I was sleeping at a certain time, like when I was on the flight. And so those are some luxuries that people might not be able to do or even pay attention to. But some things that people can do is that you can miss a normal like light cycle. What really regulates our sleep is having a natural light and dark cycle. And today we unknowingly oftentimes manufacture problems with those things on our own without travel, right? We create what's called social jet lag. And so part of that is not getting any light exposure during the day. 
But when you're in, a, in an airplane, especially like an inter- international flight where, you know, the windows are closed, people are sleeping, that kind of thing. And how are you going to get any light exposure that way? Well, there's light therapy devices that you can use. There's some like the human charger, uh, which is these are earbuds. And so there are photoreceptors in your ear canal that actually activate these kind of neurological pathways in the brain. There's visors you can wear, which is kind of weird to be wearing out in public. There are light boxes. There are all kinds of different things. But there's a lot more research coming out about the earbuds. I'm actually testing them right now. That sounds amazing, the earbuds. Would that work for like seasonal affectiveness disorder too? Exactly. Yes. So they're finding like the uh, seasonal affective disorder, like light boxes. These are prescribed, Mm -hmm. you know, by physicians because they are proven to work. But the earbuds are as effective, if not more. And so before people jump to trying to find out more about them, I'm testing different things with them first. And I'm going to put together some information on my show to really give a definitive guide on how to use them. And so that's one thing is getting some light therapy. It's an intense light as well, but you don't know it because it's in your ear. So that also, and this is just basic thing, which is you want to overhydrate yourself, you know, and a lot of people like, well, I'm going to have to get up and go pee. That's not a problem either. You should get up and go (laughs) pee, you know, but a big part of, you know, especially in flying is your body's adjustment and trying to deal with the elevation and dehydration occurs as your tissues are kind of trying to hold on to retain and retaining a lot of kind of murky water in a way. You know, things are starting to kind of get gummed up as your Mm -hmm. system is working differently, trying to figure out the environment you're in, if that makes sense. And so you want to drink a lot more water than you would think. And also when you get back, and this is big, so as soon as I got there, you want to get yourself grounded. And I just actually did a talk about this earlier today. You know, I'm a very analytical person and there are going to be people listening to this that are all about grounding. They're all about energy, Reiki, Reiki, whatever, (laughs) like just bring it on, whatever it is, let's go. Because they do understand that life is more than what we see. Myself, personally, I'm a scientist. And so I'm looking at how can I prove it? How can we actually demonstrate that this works? And so digging through the research, testing things myself. And, you know, one of the the studies that I shared in my book, uh, Sleep Smarter, was conducted recently. And basically they took individuals and hooked them up. And this is objective, not subjective, objective sleep monitor. And they tracked what happened with their cortisol when they sleep while being grounded. And what they discovered was mind-blowing. So number one, they saw an overall reduction in cortisol when the individuals in the in this, this test subjects were sleeping grounded. So just ha- being connected to the dernal pattern, just being connected to the earth's surface. Mm-hmm. And is that like through one of those earthing mats that you put under your so sheets? I'm talking about touching the earth itself, but there are these little gadgets, you know, these little hacks that we can use. But the bottom line is, so they saw a direct correlation with decreasing nighttime cortisol. But here's what's fascinating is that they found that it also normalized the test subjects cortisol throughout the day, even when they're awake. So today, clinically, we see people and we call them tired and wired where the cortisol was dysregulated. And so that can normalize that. So it's not something that just like, ah, whatever, it's not real. Touching the earth can't be that powerful. Well, if you look at the data, it's very, very interesting Mm -hmm. how it affects. And also, you know, it's a big correlation with reducing inflammation and normalizing blood pressure, blood pressure, your red blood cells, making your, uh, so that your blood is less kind of sticky. All of this data is out there. So when you get off the flight, as soon as possible, get yourself grounded. And on a kind of more of a metaphysical level, which again, being scientists, I don't know if I should be saying this, but this, there's all this stuff is, it has its place. And so what this looks like is 
your body is a part of this whole system, right? And you're very intimately connected to earth itself and the environment that you're in. And when you hop on an airplane, you fly across the other side of the world. It's kind of like the world can't find you in a way, mm -hmm. you know, this like when you get around, it's like, oh, there he is or there she is. I've, re I've relocated them. You know, they popped up over here. So it's kind of like getting yourself centered again. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, we could do the whole show just talking about grounding. If people want more information, obviously go to Dr. Google. They could check out Sleep Smarter. But that's another important thing that I do immediately. As soon as I can, I get myself grounded right around 10 minutes. And there's some other things too, but I don't want to take up the yeah, whole no, show. No. no, and I love this. So thank you so much. And for people, like, we'll circle back so everyone knows who Sean is if you're not familiar with him. But when we met at this conference in the Philippines and you did your talk, and so it was to a room full of entrepreneurs and, and everybody else was, all the other speakers were talking just business. And you came up and you were talking about health and performance and wellness and, and all of this stuff. And the response was incredible. There were so many questions. I think the, the Q and A session after your talk, they just, people just basically yeah. ask you questions the whole time instead yeah. of the panel, yeah. which is just crazy. And the reason I, I say this is because this field that we're all working in of wellness, it really resonates with people, even if they wouldn't say, first of all, they're, they're interested in this stuff. Like people are really interested in learning about how their bodies work and these type of health hacks to perform better. And I, that was so clear when I saw you speak that you really convey it in a way that it resonates with people. That's it. Yeah, you just said it. And that's really what I strive to do. It's really, it's a process of, um, oftentimes people don't realize that they're interested in it. They don't realize how fun and how engaging that that can be to learn about your own body, to learn about how to be the healthiest, fittest, happiest version of yourself. So it's kind of like a process of waking people up that I do, just kind of getting them awake and excited to the possibility that's in front of them as far as transforming their health. So for people that aren't familiar with you and your show, can you kind of just give us a quick, like, who are you and what you do? Your elevator pitch. Okay, sure. As we say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my elevator pitch, it's so funny, man. The, the guy who really he actually teaches people how to craft their elevator pitch, his name is Clay. He's, he's a genius. But he, we were at a conference together and he put me up on the screen when he's giving examples. <laughs> It was so it was so out of left field, but he put mine up. Sean's my name is Sean Stevenson, and I help people in bed. <laughs> and so it's because of the book with Sleep Smarter, you know. But that's not really what I do, you know. I've kind of <laughs> garnered this label of being a sleep expert, but I'm a clinical nutritionist, and you know, for about 15 years now, I've been working with with patients and and clients, and also being a strength and conditioning coach as well, and just very passionate about serving people and helping them to especially, you know, we saw a lot of cases of people who got the diagnosis that, you know, there's nothing that you can do about this. You're just going to have to live with it. Very similar to my story, which we're not going to get into in depth here. But, you know, I was diagnosed with a so-called incurable uh, spinal condition at the age of 20. And I went through a very arduous process and devastating process for a couple of years until I woke up to the fact that I can actually do something about this and totally transform my own health. And in doing so, just really sparked an interest in, in getting the word out and helping other people. And so eventually though, seeing people in a clinical setting, you know, I have people come into my office and this might be the first time that they are actually listened to by a health practitioner, mm -hmm. that they're actually feeling understood and that they're actually being taught 
what their condition is or where the the illness came from. It's like, how did this happen? Oh, they say I have, you know, uh, I have breast cancer. What is uh, what is it? How did it happen? Mm-hmm. What are some of the possibilities? You know, what are the what what are carcinogens? You know, what are these cancer causing agents or diabetes? You know, I would bring somebody in and I would literally break out the board and I would reverse engineer and show them how the illness was created. And at a point, I just kind of felt like, cause I was doing this day after day after day. And it just kind of hit me like, I just need to do this once and then give it to everybody so that everybody can have this information instead of me having to say it over and over and over every single day. And so that was kind of the birthing portion of the podcast, you know, just being able to package up that information in a way that I was seeing so much success in that clinical setting, but packaging it up in a way that people felt that same engagement and excitement into the show. Mm-hmm. And so um, we started the show and it's been actually, we're cr- we just crossed four years. And I think we're at like, we do a one day a week masterclass. And today I'm very happy to say that uh, we are doing even, you know, with just one show a week, right around 1.5 million listener downloads every month. And, uh, you know, hundred and whatever, 90 countries or whatever, however many they are. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, just seeing we're, you know, oftentimes number one in the, in the U S in health and in fitness and nutrition. And even in all podcasts, like literally every single podcast from NPR to the serial to Joe Rogan, you know, we're up there oftentimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've been as high as I think like 25 in the country, like some, this absolutely crazy stuff, you know? So that's kind of what, what the show is and how it got there was just a, a drive to serve other people, to package up information in a way that's engaging and fun. And at the end of the day, you know, so in all, by the way, I don't even know if I said the name of the show, it's called The Model Health Show and providing a model for what's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that number of downloads is incredible. That's awesome. So I'm just curious because everyone out there listening you know, we're all in wellness and people are starting their businesses and looking at how best to get their message out in the world. So how did you decide on podcasting? Like, why didn't you go for a video or just yeah. writing a blog or like, how did that come about? <laughs> I was just thinking about, you know, the people that would say about themselves, like, I have a face for radio, you know, <laughs> and the people would tell me the opposite. They're like, no, I'm telling you, you need to do more video. You've got to do video, Sean. You've got to do video. People need to see you. And the video is great. You know, we have a, a YouTube channel. I've literally do zero marketing there, but we do put the shows there, most of our episodes. But really for me, I love the audio format because you can take me with you. And when people, you know, it's that net time, that no extra time. And they can, you know, and I get these messages every single day. You know, people work out with me every day. People are tagging me, like taking a picture of their car, their radio thing, showing the podcast. And, you know, if people are cleaning up their house or, you know, out uh, just going for a walk, whatever the case might be. So it's very powerful because and also the primal nature of that, you know, that's how humans really we we learned and, sh- and shared and passed down information was through stories, you know, it was through the spoken word. And so um, that's really what I fell in love with is uh, just being in the studio and, and, and sharing my gift mm-hmm. to be able to help people. But for everybody, it really depends on what is your inclination? Like, do you love being on camera or do you really, are you passionate about it? You want to, but you maybe you feel like, you know what, I'm not good at it or whatever. So there's two parts. Number one, what do you love or excited about? And what are you, what do you have a tendency towards being good at? You know, because we need to be honest with ourselves to a degree. 
But at the same time, I don't like when I hear anybody say to be realistic, you know, because this is far from realistic. Me having uh, 1.5 million downloads a month mm -hmm. from a guy who is just like working at this clinic that I opened here in, in the Midwest, mind you, and just with the story that I have with my life, you know, I grew up far, far from a possibility of even being anywhere remotely close to successful. Mm -hmm. That's far from reality. And so I want people to be honest with their gifts and also honor what they're passionate about. So that's going to tell you where to take action. And please understand, too, this was slow going in the beginning. I mean, man, we're talking yeah, let's about. Let's talk about that. Like, actually, like what? Because so many people start podcasts, right? And there's so many health and wellness podcasts. So what happened? Like, how did this yeah. happen? Yeah. Right now, there are a couple hundred thousand podcasts and it's growing like crazy. You know, I still truly feel like the podcast medium is still like a a toddler, you know, like it's still just kind of getting going, learning to walk and all, all that kind of good stuff. So there's still a lot of room to grow. But, you know, I truly do feel also, you know, just that old saying, you know, the cream rises to the top, that kind of thing. So coming into it, my it's kind of interesting. My story is a little bit different because I had an opportunity to mess up first. And so what I mean by that is because a lot of times we don't start things because we feel like it has to be perfect or we don't maintain things because we don't allow ourselves to get better. We don't take enough time to make those mistakes and allow ourselves to get better so that the audience starts to come and find you and stay with you, right? And so I did this TED talk in uh, Las Vegas. And after I came off stage, this couple came up to me and we were talking. They were just like, yeah, you know, and I, I knew about them through a friend already. And they said, you know, and they had a huge website already, uh, a natural health site. And they were like, we're starting this podcast and we're looking for, you know, somebody to really be the face of it. And, you know, you just, you know, they were just kind of, you know, giving me some props or whatever, you know, like, are you interested in doing it? And I was like, yeah, it sounds great. What's a podcast? And so I didn't even know what it was. And so they kind of told me what the, what a podcast was. I think this was 2011, maybe. Um, and so anyways, I started started the podcast, which I did 95% of the work myself, which I would, I would definitely not do today. You know, I just had my microphone and my content that I was going to share and I just worked it out. You know, I just went in and then just made these shows and passed them over to him to just kind of get prepped and put online. And it garnered, you know, we got the, got the show up to a few hundred thousand downloads eventually over the course of about a year and a half. And, and again, this was early on. So that was mega but I wasn't building my own brand. That's the problem mm -hmm. that I wanted to share. I was building their brand. And we didn't have some kind of a partnership where if they got this sponsorship revenue coming in, it's a 50-50 split or anything like that. It's like, oh, well, here's a few bucks, John. And I have a wife. So she was just got it to a point like, you're doing so much work, but you're not building your own brand. Like, and I did like two posts on my own website. And so I, we amicably parted ways. And that wasn't just because of that, but just some other things and me being able to really focus on my gift and being fully myself as well, mm -hmm. because I was still in this box with their brand. And so I made the decision to start my own show and I'm coming into it with this experience under my belt, but I also knew what I wanted to bring to the table. And this is a big secret that I'm going to share with everybody, but, and it's, it's so simple, but I don't want you to look past it. What really made the show successful was the fact that I was being myself. That is so important. Be yourself. People don't listen to a podcast. They listen to you. People aren't buying a book. They're buying you. So be authentically yourself because it's so much stress and difficult trying to be something that you're not. Just be you and the right people are going to connect with you. 
And so I was just kind of sharing all parts of my character and really, but at the, the bottom line though was making sure people walk away every single episode with transformative information and that they, and they feel compelled to take action on it as well. And so from the very first episode, I was doing that work as if I was already talking to a million people, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I knew at one, one day people are going to come back and it happens every single day now, every day. There's like, I mean, every month there's thousands and thousands of people that go back and listen to that first episode and listen to all of them, you know, because they don't want to miss a single morsel. And so, and I just went along, clipping along. And, you know, it was like, I had a, like a tiny audience, maybe like a email list of like 200 people or something, you know, from the work that I was doing before. Maybe it was 150, I don't know. But the podcast itself, we're talking like 100 downloads a day, maybe kind of thing happening. And also not just because of my list, but just being out there, you know, social media and also the podcast platform, like iTunes would feature you for a little while, new and noteworthy, whatever. So we had like a couple hundred downloads today. I mean, we'll see 80,000, you know, in a day or some crazy thing like that. But it started, I'm telling you, it was slow going for a year. It was like, like that for a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe like we'll get to like, th- if a new episode comes out, maybe it's like three or 400 downloads. Right. And then. At some point, though, again, you should keep putting in that work. And the, the key, I gave one key of being yourself. Another huge key is consistency. This was the most consistent thing I ever did in my life, all right, outside of loving my wife and kids. But I was so, no matter what, I was in that studio creating that show every single mm-hmm. week, no matter what. And, of course, people, I could give excuses, but if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have a boss to call in and somebody else is going to do, do the job for you, you know? And so just making sure that I was creating this consistent content every single week and being there because you want your audience, they need to know that you're going to be there for them. Absolutely. On Monday morning or, you know, Wednesday night or whatever day it is or days, you know, most podcasters, they do multiple days a week. They need to know. It's just like when you're a kid and you got your favorite TV show and you know what time it comes on, like Saturday mornings at, you know, 10 o'clock is the Ghostbusters cartoon or whatever it was, you know. And so that's what you want to create that nostalgia surrounding your show as well. And so um, the critical mass, again, came about a year later, and it was simply getting recognized out there in this in the space. Other people who were doing a lot more as far as numbers started listening to me. Right. They come across and they find this information and then they share it, which that's a huge compliment, because in this field and I want everybody to hear me. In this field, it can be this huge sense of competition. I promise you don't want to compete with me. You don't want that. We want to cooperate with each other. We want to support each other, you know, lift each other up. The rising tide raises all ships. I call it cooperation. Let's not compete with each other. There are so many people to serve. Let's just do our good work and help people. Don't worry about trying to compete with anybody. Don't worry about trying to compete with with Amanda, with me, or anybody else in this space. That's selfish and silly. This is not about us. We have our little piece of things, you know, where we can, of course, enjoy our lives. But this is about making the world a better place when we leave here, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's what I term it as cooperation. And so having such a huge honor when somebody who's at a different place than me as far as exposure, audience, whatever, to acknowledge that and to share my information uh, without me asking as well. Of course, you do need to hustle and, you know, that kind of thing. But also, people, you need to lead with giving. I mean, big time. And the real power players 
they can sense that stuff, you know, like if you're just trying to get stuff, you know, I can't tell you also how many people like, you know, how many emails you get, like trying to get you to talk about their show or, or their, or link to their blog post or something. I mean, it's just without, without giving anything first, it's crazy. You must get tons. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because it's like, why, why would you do that? You know, if it isn't just about you, why would you do that? Why would you even think that's okay? Because a lot of times, this is a true story. A lot of times they'll even spell my name wrong mm-hmm. when they're sending these messages. Like you don't even care to even write my name correctly. And I really, do, it's not a big deal to me, but my wife pointed it out. Like what? she gets so mad about it. Like it's just, you know. <laughs> or Anyways, just like the but, form letters, like, dear Amanda, I absolutely love your show, The Wellpreneur Podcast. And then it goes into like this totally generic yeah. pitch and you're just Come like, on. oh my gosh, did you even like, do you even know who I am? Like talking about something totally random. Oh, so bad. Yeah, yeah. I and I'm, what we're doing right now is I'm giving a huge insight into what not to do as well. You know, it's again, how can I serve? How can I give? How can I support? And it's tough because we still do want to build our brand and build the business. But as much as you can do that without looking to get, because I can tell you, like, I've done things to support people that didn't come back until two years later. Mm-hmm. And I'll give an example. I'm a huge fan of Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker. He's you know, probably he's, he's either he's ranked number one or number two motivational speaker in the world. And he's got an incredible story. And right off the bat, you know, he, how did he know about me? Um, oh no, I had him on the show. I had him on my show, which was incredible, incredible for me. And like I said, I don't market on YouTube, but that video has like over, I think it's like 150,000 views because he's like a boss already on YouTube. And I was like, maybe that one of the first interviews of him you know, and that was awesome, but it still wasn't about me. I wanted to give something special to my audience and increase his exposure because I got so many new people. Mm. And this was like two years ago. So my audience was probably one fourth the size it is now, or maybe even one fifth, one sixth. And so that exposure, he got so much attention. He, he caught that. He's like, wow, this is a whole different energy. You know, even though he's got like millions of views on YouTube, it's a different energy. And eventually, he was starting a podcast, you know, and uh, his team, they reached out to me. We just all really clicked anyways, because, you know, it's just good people. And I gave them the tools, like I gave them the the blueprint. Some of the things we're talking about today, really simple things about creating a great podcast. And the, the thing about them, though, is that they execute. So even if the stuff you're hearing today and you just like, oh, yeah, I know I need to do that. I need to be I need to be myself. But you're not executing on that then we don't even have anything to talk about. Mm -hmm. But they execute and they execute so quickly. And so their show is like a monster now, by the way. It's just killing it. And so helping them build their brand and uh, just to wrap the story up, helping them build their brand, you know, even featuring him again. Once they started the show, I brought him back on, let people know, make sure that that you go check out his podcast. They got, you know, 20,000 listeners immediately, something like that, Mm -hmm. you know. And then eventually, of course, then they want to bring me to their audience. And that was amazing because they have, and it's not that I even needed that, especially at this point. It's more so the quality of people that follow their work that are so passionate about developing themselves and and really reaching their potential, being connected with my work, powerful. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, back, you know, after that first year of being super consistent, putting out great quality content, but still your audience was just like slowly, slowly growing. I'm curious, like what you did in terms of, social media 
And maybe if you could just talk a little bit about like social media then and now, and especially like, do you still do it yourself? And how do you keep it in check? Because that's something that like can just, I, I see that a lot. I feel that myself, but also I see it a lot in wellpreneurs that they get super distracted with social media and waste loads of time on there. So I'm just kind of curious, like what you did and how you handled it. You're so good. This is such a good question. You know, people don't ask stuff like this. So this is my belief and this is what's worked for me. I feel that we should focus on one thing intensely. Like you could tinker around with some other things, but for me, like I didn't even know I had a, like I got a Twitter account. I don't know, like 2010, I did like two tweets. All right. (laughs) And I, I had no, I was so focused on the podcast. And then by the way, like I went back to Twitter, like last year and I saw I had like 7,000 followers. I'm like, what? Like it just because of, you know, having the stuff that's out there. But this is the thing. I didn't, the social numbers, I didn't pay attention to. I was going to dominate in the podcast domain. Like that's where I put my attention, you know? And even through the week, I was focusing on make, making this an amazing show and finding ways, different channels that I can get the show out to more people, you know? And so like one of the new things like Spotify now has podcasts, you know? So like, the different channels, places that we can get the show and to reach, you know, uh, create great content first and foremost. I spent a lot of time in research and execution uh, to create the podcast and connecting. You know, my show is a little different as well. And this is another key for everybody, too, even with whether it's a podcast or you're doing, a, a you know, vlogging or blogging or slogging, whatever you're doing, whatever ing is to find a way to package the information that's a little unique. And so my show is unique in that about 50% of my shows is pure content for me. And the other 50%, I bring on like literally the best of the best people in their respective field. Like I want, who's the number one uh, brain expert, you know, who's done like a, literally like a million brain imaging scans. Let me bring him on and discuss, you know, what's going on in the brain for issues like AD, ADHD and depression, that kind of thing. So uh, now to circle back around to social, so Focus on dominating in one thing and you can tinker around for sure. Like I tinkered around on Facebook a little bit, but just really didn't put that that energy and effort into it. And only recently, like literally the past couple of months, I got serious about Instagram. Uh, And so I think we just crossed 20, 20 K there, but I could have had a hundred K plus maybe, you know, more at this point. If I was focused on that, I didn't, my kids had Instagram. Right. And they're just like and I'm just like, man, it's just whatever. I'm not I'm not worried about that right now. I could have hopped on there, you know, whatever, four years ago, whenever it came out. But it wasn't that wasn't where I was needed. This wasn't where my attention needed to go. So focus on dominating what whether it is Instagram or it's Facebook or LinkedIn, focus on one and get really, really good at it. And then you can shift gears and start to focus on some other stuff once you master your craft. I'm so glad you said that because one of the problems that I see all the time in this industry, especially online, is that you've got so many big names, the big names in health and wellness, and they're everywhere, right? So they've got like the amazing podcast and the blog and the products, and they're on all the social platforms. And what I see is that when new wellpreneurs are starting out, they feel like they need to do, they want to do all of that too. But you just can't being one person, right? Those people yeah. have staffs. They're not like updating Facebook themselves, probably. Right. Part of my reason for doing that was because of a friend of mine named Pat Flynn, who has this be everywhere strategy, which he promoted. And this was a couple of years ago, though. And he he doesn't really do that anymore. Like he focuses more on 
one project at a time. Like he, and he is everywhere though, but very loose. Like now I see him focusing a little bit more on Instagram. Like he just wasn't there before. I'm like, why are, why aren't Pat's numbers bigger? Like I felt like I felt better about my Instagram when I saw his and I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> he's got a pretty big audience too. But because, and also, and I, and I, I want to talk about this. I, I haven't talked about this before. People really do judge you, you know, based on your audience on these social media mm-hmm. platforms. It's so weird. It's like, oh, you know, you got this credibility, but it's so crazy and so sad because some of the, like, again, the best people in these respective fields, they don't have a big following on social media, you know, sometimes on different platforms. And so we got to check our own ego and and who we're paying attention to with those things and also understand that, you know, this is kind of the game. So this is even more of an affirmation for you to focus on one area and get that mm-hmm. really built up. You know, so for me, it's a podcast platform. If you go to iTunes right now, you're going to see I'm at the top of the charts, you know. And so and I would much rather have that follower or listener listening to my show one hour connected with me heart to heart mm-hmm. than somebody scrolling past me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so totally. Uh, that's where it's like you got to really choose what your priority is there. But don't you also think like, so it's so true, people get super hung up in the numbers. And unfortunately, you do get judged a bit based on your follower size. But one thing I see is people want to get big so fast. But yeah. actually, like, if I look back at, you know, when I started this podcast, or when I started my first blog, and I was like, yes, I was just like totally hustling and trying to get like major media coverage. Thank God I didn't because honestly, like it wasn't that good. Like I thought it was good, but it, it takes a certain volume of work to get like your show really good. Right. Yeah. And so it's okay <laughs> that you don't have 10 bazillion followers and yeah. like, that you're not on like, you know, in some major, on some major news media, like in your second episode, because Complete. actually it's better to like yes. get better first. Yeah. Please, please, everybody hear this. We don't want to cheat the system, really. It's quality over quantity. Please believe it. And uh, I, somebody, I think it was yesterday the day, or the day before, somebody who I really, I respect a lot sent me an email and he's just like, by the way, I just was working with this guy as a new book out. Just, you know, maybe you might want to check him out. And so, you know, but because it's this guy that, you know, I respect, I clicked and I was looking at his profile. It was like, 100,000 Instagram followers. And then, you know, I just clicked on a couple of maybe pictures from a couple weeks ago and I have like 200 likes. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, that math doesn't add up. <laughs> you know, another picture, it's, you know, 206 likes or, you know, 104. It's like, bro, oh, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. You know, this Some, is, yeah. you, don't buy your numbers. Don't yeah. do that. Just put in the work so you get good at it and you create great. Con- and another thing though for me is just like, especially the people that are listening, I know you're already creating some great content. You're just like, I don't want anybody to miss this, but you're not actually getting people looking at it when they're not real, you know? So it's just kind of fooling ourselves. We want to do the work to actually get the people to look at your, your content. So do it the right way. You know, we don't want to buy followers. Of course you could do some ads and things like that. That's, that's cool, but build up your platform to, so it's actually strong. You actually have real subscribers, real Mm -hmm. listeners, so that when you do put content out, they're able to consume it, consume your products, your services. That really, the basis of that is having real people who are paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sean, we're almost out of time already, which is crazy because we haven't even talked about like wellness and performance. But I want to ask one more social media question. How do you personally deal with social media so that you're not 
that you don't get lost in a Facebook vortex, you know, or you don't get, <laughs> like, it doesn't take over your life. Yeah. You know, the different platforms and, and I, I even, you know, had a conversation with Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. And I know that part of one of his recent books was understand there's a different, there's a different language going on on the different social media platforms. But what we tend to do is cut and paste across all the mediums and it will work to a degree. And if you, that's the time you've got for it and it's better than posting nothing on Facebook, so be it. But ideally, again, it's going to be a different language. You want to get good at that language on that site. So for me personally, I do do that just like, you know, when the new episode comes out, I will share it on the Facebook page, for example. Uh, and I'll and pretty much the same post or something similar will go to Instagram and Twitter, of course, is going to be a short form. But you don't get like sucked into because I, what I see of a lot of people is they're like, oh, I'm just going to go promote my latest whatever on Facebook. And then 45 minutes later, they look up and it's just like, oh, you know, they haven't even promoted yes. their blog post. They just get sucked in. So I don't know. So or maybe I, you have someone that helps you do it and you don't have to no. even go in. But I call it the Internet black hole. You know, I definitely know what you're talking about. And so for me, it has to be strategic, you know, and the issue, though, is and of course, you know, we didn't really get to talk about this today, but when your brain is, when you're sleep deprived, you have a much greater incidence of cyber loafing and not, and this is a new term that we're pushing into culture, but there's basically for, if you're losing an hour of sleep, there's a 20% greater incidence of you cyber loafing where you're basically like, you know, you're working on something like, you know, I know I, you know, I got to finish this post or whatever, but let me just check. And you reach over and you grab your phone without even knowing it. And you're just looking through and next thing you know, it's just like all this time has passed. And that becomes much more difficult to do on a sleep deprived brain. But for me, what I do is, you know, I make those posts and then I just keep it moving. I might engage for like, you know, 10 minutes or something like that, but I choose to, like, I know going into it that I'm going to do that. And then I generally try to put something on, like have something on my schedule so that after I'm doing the post and I even the schedule, have the post schedule, like I'm going to do my post at this time. And then what I'll do is in my open time or my flex time, which I don't really have that much of. I'll go in and reply and answer questions and things like that. But I predominantly, and just being straight, I don't know how many, <laughs> this is messed up. This is confession here. I don't know how many hundreds of Facebook messages I have. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just have not answered them. So basically you know? don't Facebook message you if we want to reach Yeah, you. <laughs> it's probably not going to work. You know, it's probably not going to work. But I do, on Instagram, I'm great. I'm like replying to all kinds of questions and stuff. And I didn't even know I had an inbox on Instagram for a long time. And I went in there and it's like, oh my God, there's so many questions and, and, and comments and posts and just people thanking me. And, I'm, and a lot of times, you know, people to slide in, you know, Sean, you know, I love the podcast, you know, it's helped, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it might've been and quick question. And then I'll throw that in there. And the issue for me though, is that because, and, and I know a lot of people listening as well, if you actually care about people, mm. you don't want to just be like, go to the gym, right? You don't want to reply with some like cookie cutter thing. You want to actually try to help them. And so I had to really work on myself to be able to be more brief so that I don't lose myself, but at the same time, being more responsive on social, mm -hmm. you know, because when, when I first started, I answered everything, everywhere, every post, but now I, it's the skate, I can't. You can't scale it. You can't. Mm -hmm. If you want to actually be able to to go to sleep or to eat a meal, you can't do that after it reaches a certain point. And so you've get I got again, you've got to make a decision on where you're going to actually place your attention attention and efforts. And for me, uh, you know, and you could see some people hire people 
And I do have an assistant who will go in and do some things on Facebook, which is kind of like if somebody's asking for something that she can reply to, like with a, a resource, because it's mm -hmm. still coming back to me. Like if they're asking about, okay, so my husband, he's been on statins for, you know, a year. We're trying to get off of it. And, you know, our doctor's saying this, and then she can just give them, here's a link to the episode on heart disease and cholesterol, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's, we Which, do have yeah. that a little bit. So that is like the best thing of creating content consistently so that you've got then this library of content. Cause I find the same thing, the same, like you said in the beginning, when you had one-on-one -on -one clients, the same stuff comes up over and over and you're just explaining it. And now you can say, Hey, I did an episode on that. Or, Hey, I wrote this post on that. And it, Oh, it's amazing. So freeing. So true. Yeah. So true. So true. I want to say one other thing really quickly. Cause I, I don't want this to get passed over, you know, earlier when we were talking about building the platform, cream rises to the top. That means different things as well. This can just be the top of your, your niche. Like when we need to really zero in and, and zoom in and, you know, it's this quote niche down and find your unique space, you know? So it's obviously with the with podcast medium, you know, there's categories and there's subcategories. So you can go from, okay, I'm, I'm doing a business podcast, but then you can drop down a level. It's a marketing podcast. You could drop down another level marketing for chiropractors. Mm -hmm. And you don't drop down. So like now we, you can be the cream of the crop in that space. You don't have to be number one uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. You don't need that. You want results. We don't need all of the, the labels. And again, because I'm conflicted with that, you know, and seeing like people are paying so much attention to somebody just because they have big numbers. But what is the quality of their person and their content and their character? And so be that in your space. But pick like actually choosing. I know a lot of the wellness experts who are listening are like, but I can help everybody or I can help so many different people. I don't want to isolate. That is a problem. That's being selfish because if you try to help everybody, you're helping nobody, you know? So you really want to zoom in and target a specific mm -hmm. population and focus on serving them. And once you get masterful at that, you can start to spread out. You can start to open up, you know, spread your wings and fly, I guess, you know, cue the Bette Midler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, song right there. Totally. I'm so glad. I mean, like that you could not have set it up more perfectly for me to pitch my book because as I gave you a copy of my book, but basically that's what it's talking about in the first couple chapters is like, you've got to niche down in wellness in order to like find your people online and get some traction. So thank you for that little, uh, a little unplanned mention of my book there. But yeah, I think that's <laughs> really important for everybody listening. It's like, I mean, the big message I'm taking away from you is just pick your thing, right? So you get your niche, then get your, what the, what's the one thing you're going to be awesome at? And then just do it and kind of put the blinders on to looking at what other people are doing or what the numbers are and just do the best you can. Yeah. And it will happen if you're being true to yourself. And if you're really like the right people will find you, your people will find you. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. That was so great, Sean. Thank you so much for being here. We didn't get to talk at all about sleep, but Obviously, you, they can come over to your podcast to learn all about that. So tell people where they can find you, your podcast, your book, uh, all that good stuff. Sure. So where people are listening to this amazing podcast, they can find me. It's called The Model Health Show. And again, very honored to say that we are frequently featured as the number one uh, health podcast, the number one fitness and nutrition podcast in the U.S. and uh, a few other countries as well. And we just really care. We care about people. We care about serving. We care about putting great information out for not just for 
the listener's sake, but also for them to help other people. We have a huge percentage of the audience are people who work in the health space. You know, I have a lot of physicians who listen to the show, uh, a lot of um, chiropractors, uh, integrated physicians, naturopaths, massage therapists, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of teachers as well. And just, a, you know, a lot of parents, a lot of people who are uh, just really working on being the best version of themselves. And so, but again, this goes back to focusing on niching down and that's what I did. And then it was able to expand from there. And so that's why I was able to say all of those different areas, but it didn't start off like that. Mm-hmm. So we have a really great time over there on the show. And uh, we do these master classes each week on a particular subject matter. And so people can check that out, The Model Health Show, or you can check it out online. It's at themodelhealthshow.com where we do we do videos for most of the episodes as well that you, so you can hang out in the studio with us. And all my social media is there on the site too, so you can connect with me there. And you already know where to go or not to go. But, you know, people, you can find me there. And the book Sleep Smarter, if you're interested in that, that you can pick that up at the website too or anywhere you buy books. Awesome. And I'll link up all that in the show notes so people can get to it really easily. And Sean, thank you so much for doing what you do because with such a massive platform, you're really able to spread health and wellness to millions of people. And that's just, that's really cool. And you do it in a really authentic, accessible way. So thanks so much for your work and thanks for being here. Thank you. I received that. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And if you liked this episode, come over and join us in the Wellpreneur community on Facebook. There are over 2,000 health and wellness entrepreneurs in that group talking about business strategies and helping each other out and discussing that week's episodes and sharing health tips. So definitely come over and join us there and tell us what you liked about this week's episode. Okay, have a fantastic week and I will see you back here next week as usual. Bye.